Hey, Chirocasters, Dr. Drew Rubin here. I would like to thank my sponsors, ChiroWrite, Now You Know, and Preferred Chiropractic Doctor. They have been very, very generous in helping promote this podcast. And this podcast is now being heard in 50 or 60 countries around the world. Thousands of people listening to it every single week. And I have to thank my sponsors for helping me reach them. Here's the podcast. Concussions are, uh, as we've kind of mentioned quite a bit uh, during the quarter, if you ever hear me talk about anything, concussions are getting more and more rampant these days. And uh, there's two things I really want you to know about concussions um, that I think are important things that um, I was not very well aware of. Um, so this might help you in your assessment of uh, students or kids who come into your practice or even adults who have concussions. The first thing is, is concussion risk factors. So there's a number of risk factors for people who um, will have a harder time recovering from concussion. Um, and I want to share some of these with you because you may not have realized this, uh, some of these things. First off is the history of prior concussion. So if you've already had a concussion, that's probably the most obvious one, that the chances of you getting another concussion are quite high. Um, so that's uh, the first risk factor. The second risk factor is someone who has motion sickness. So if you're a kid, um, and we see a lot of kids who have motion sickness, this actually significantly raises the risk factor of you having more problems with concussion uh, should you get one. So that's a, a significant thing because there's a lot of kids out there with uh, motion sickness. <clears throat> and what does that indicate there's a problem with in this child? They have a vestibular system, right? So we're already dealing with some kind of vestibular problem that may have been undiagnosed, untreated, or not fully uh, treated. So that's a, a, another risk factor. Uh, the next thing is any child with learning disabilities. So if, you have a, if this child is coming into your practice and they already have learning disabilities and then receive a concussion, this is going to make that, um, obviously their brains are already a little scrambled uh, to begin with. So now with a child who's got learning disabilities and that, that pre-existing disconnection or poor connection is now going to make it things worse. So kids with learning disabilities, kids with ADHD, when they get concussions, they actually have a harder time recovering um, than kids without this. Um, kids with visual problems. So if you already have a visual issue, you're already having a strabismus, you already have nystagmus, you already have amblyopia, you already have some sort of issues with your eyes, uh, not just reading issues, like you know uh, uh, that kind of thing, but more, uh, more significant issues where your eye muscles are already not tracking very well then that also raises the risk of uh, your slower recovery for concussion. Um, migraines is another very big thing. If you have, uh, if the child or, um, has already had migraines, uh, starting to have migraines, and there's a lot of different kind of migraines that are out there, you know, cluster uh, headaches and regular migraines and migraines that have auras and stuff. So if someone has a history of having migraines and they get a concussion, um, they're very often gonna have a worse uh, time in their own recovery. And you'll see with the next thing I wanna talk about how this all kinda ties in. The next thing, and we kinda mentioned this here and there, is, um, is sex. Females have harder times recovering from concussion than males. It's been proven over and over and over again. For some reason, the, uh, the female brain, when concussed, uh, takes longer to recover than a male brain. Um, this is why uh, um, women's soccer is now become the number one um, uh, reason why a, a someone gets a concussion within a sport is female soccer, and they, they have a long time to recover. 
uh, for whatever reason that they're still trying to uncover. And then age, this is something very interesting that I was unaware of, that a younger child, ages zero to 10, actually has a harder time recovering from concussion than a child who's older than 10. Why do you think that is? Right, their brain isn't fully developed, so their brain is still growing. So if the brain is injured enough to get a concussion during the phase that the time that is still in its major growth uh, phase, that is a significant delay. So the littler kids, you get a six-year-old kid getting a concussion versus a 16-year-old, the 16-year-old kid probably has a better chance of having a quicker recovery than the little one. Now, why are all these important? Uh, because there's actually six different kinds of concussion. Um, one of the main places that studies concussion is the University of Pittsburgh um, Medical Center. This is uh, where the whole film uh, Concussion you know, was kind of based on uh, with the one doctor who kind of came up with uh, you know, all the different things uh, that they're talking about now with concussion. A lot of that started at the University of uh, Pittsburgh. Um, so there are six different concussion, um, six different kinds of concussions. You know, most people think that there's just one kind of concussion, it's like, like everybody just gets the same kind of thing. But actually there's six different ways for people to get concussions uh, and manifest their symptoms. So one of the first ways is the cognitive or fatigue version. So in other words, a person who gets this kind of concussion um, now gets super tired uh, and has a lot of issues with cognition. In other words, like memory problems and uh, putting words, you know, sentences together as good as they used to be and, and concentration issues and stuff. So, so this, is a this is one kind of the six kinds of concussion. So they have cognitive fatigue issues. The next, and now this makes sense with motion sickness, is a vestibular kind of concussion, right? So if a, if a child or an adult for that matter uh, gets a vestibular concussion, right, th and they already have a pre-existing vestibular issue, this kind of makes sense now. So somebody with a vestibular issue, <clears throat> we're already having weakness within their brain, so that's causing uh, some kind of issues. And then this goes along with uh, the things we've already talked about too, with uh, <coughs> visual issues, ocular concussions. There are some people, when they get concussions, it messes with their eyes, right? So I've seen a number of, um, of kids over the years who, after a concussion, what happens is now uh, their eyes are starting to cross, they have strabismus, they have nystagmus, all these kinds of stuff. Um, so that's another version of concussion. And why all these important? Why am I bringing up these six different things? Because we can't treat each concussion the same way, right? So each concussion has a separate way that it needs to be taken care of. Um, so obviously someone with an ocular concussion, we need to do a lot more work on their eyes. Someone with a vestibular concussion, we need to do a lot more work in their vestibular system, etc. <clears throat> the fourth kind of concussion, now is making sense if you're thinking back, the migraines being a, a risk factor, is post-traumatic migraines. So some people, after they get a concussion, they just get wicked headaches. That's their main symptom is these wicked, horrible, nonstop headaches. We've seen a lot of this. Uh, I have one uh, young boy, and this, is, this was his big issue when he first started coming in, is just these nonstop pounding headaches. He could go to school for like a half a day and you have to, you'd be going home uh, almost every day uh, because of these headaches and stuff. So this is a very common uh, uh, thing that happens after a concussion. <clears throat> this is what most chiropractors think about as, of concussions, is that it's either gonna be like a headache thing or a cervical thing. Right? or what they call cervicogenic concussion. So um, now obviously if you had a concussion, chances are the force that uh, affected you, is, if it's affecting your head, is probably affecting your cervical spine too. So that kind of makes sense that there's gonna be a cervical uh, concussion. Important thing to understand, a lot of the research is pointing that in the initial stages of uh, concussion, uh, when you're taking care of someone with concussion, you do not want to do 
heavy-duty manual cervical adjusting on their necks uh, because sometimes their necks are so fragile post-concussion that doing your, a traditional adjustment like a full spine constant you know, kind of adjustment might actually make it worse. So you might need to start off super gently with sustained contact or network or activator or something very, very gentle in order to slowly wean back into a more normal uh, adjustment. And there's a lot of research that's talking about this. And then the last kind of concussion is the anxiety or mood concussion. So we had a young lady um, last year who had this exact kind of concussion where she, uh, she would just break down with these anxiety attacks. She was extremely moody. The parents would say, we don't know what's going on with her. She's not the same young lady she used to be. She's just like moody and, and with outbursts and mean and angry. So it's quite interesting, the six different kinds of concussion and how each one of them really, you really kind of have to focus on different things uh, with each <coughs> kind of concussion. Um, and I th why, I, why I feel this is important is because with all the research that's now going on in concussion, you can't just treat a concussion as a concussion, right? To me, it's the same rationale as you can't just treat a subluxation as a subluxation because it really depends who's got that subluxation, right? So a one-year-old is going to get a very different assessment with a sub certain C1 subluxation than a six-year-old kid is, than an eight-year-old kid with autism, than a 12-year-old kid with a concussion, than a 15-year-old, uh, you know, um, you know, boy after a car accident than a 30-year-old person than an 80-year-old person. Every subluxation is different. Just be, so to say there's a C1 subluxation doesn't mean there's one adjustment for that subluxation. It's everything is tailor-made or should be tailor-made for that particular individual, what they've already been through, what's going on with them you know, already, and how old they are, and all these different you know, factors. So I think that's an important thing to understand when we talk about concussions as well, that we need to assess, number one, what their risk factors are, like I just mentioned uh, to you, so that you guys can understand um, when you're talking to them about their care plan, right? So if they have risk factors like um, history of prior concussions, motion sickness, visual problems, learning disabilities, migraines, they're a female or they're young, then you're probably gonna have to increase your care plan. You're gonna have a longer care plan than whatever your normal care plan would be because this means it's gonna take longer to have you know, something happen with these children. And same thing with this, if they're coming with a cognitive fatigue concussion, you're not gonna take care of them the same way as they have a cervical concussion. It's very different. So I wanna introduce you to these concepts that, uh, that uh, just because there's a concussion doesn't mean there's just one protocol, right? There's six protocols to take care of concussions and each protocol is gonna be slightly different based upon you know, the age of the person, the sex of the person, and what's happened to the person and, and their prior history, right? So I just wanted to show you that uh, first before we went on to anything else.